0: Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by the Turnstile Network. This is the podcast where we tell the greatest sport stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally, and with me is Matt Lavery. Hi, Matt. Hi, Ian.
1: I'm jumping ahead of you to say I am well. I didn't even say hello. You're struggling to tell the stories that we are telling, and I'm struggling to say hello. Uh, what yeah, I,
0: I, Yeah, that was a, a bit of a hesitant beginning, but... We're pros at this, Matt. Absolutely. We, we've got this in... Uh, and the beauty is we can just cut all of this out <laughs> We could say hello again. <laughs> we could, but we won't, no, because we that's won't. how professional we are. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we're going to spin that wheel. Let's get it through straight away. Let's go. And we've had some very exciting episodes of late. so if you haven't listened to those, make sure you delve back into the back catalogue. But in this episode, against all odds. What are the odds? We're back to the back. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) You know what? This wheel has a mind of its own. Well, I
0: I would like to just say it's probability. It's against all odds, man. (laughs) (laughs) To to have two against all odds. And this one, I think, is... I'm going to do this because this story is something that's very close to the heart of all Australians. Oh, yeah. You know, when you think of Australia... I always think of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> We're what, recording this from what, what do you think about when you when you think of Australia? What, as a cliche? As a cliche, like yeah. Like a yeah. kangaroo,
1: probably? Yeah. Sydney Opera House?
0: Yeah. Uh, the Outback? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all ticks. A
1: walkabout? Yeah. Yeah. The walkabout?
0: Yeah. yeah. What o- else? All good. You, you're basically doing that. You're reading through the front page of any holiday brochure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, you're thinking of short track speed skating on ice? On ice? Yeah. No, that's not normally what I'm thinking <laughs> <No>. about. <laughs> well, you should be because okay. this story centers around the sport of short track speed skating on ice. On ice. <laughs> Do the
1: Australians have ice?
0: They got ice rinks. Occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um strangely enough this uh the character in this story was born in, in New South Wales, uh, which it, which is not cold, no. generally, uh, and can sometimes exceed 100 degrees Fahrenheit in the, in the hottest weather and has a high degree of humidity. So not the natural birthplace of a speed skater. No. But here we find ourselves. Strangely enough, the World Championships of Speed Skating in 1991 was held... In Sydney, Australia, New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Are you sure this... Was this like the World Series when the Americans invite everybody from all, all around America to compete? <laughs> <laughs> the World Series. No?
0: If you've got a pair of ice skates, come along. Yeah. <laughs> come and this enjoy the, the world, fun. The World Series. <laughs>
1: advertised in Sydney, New South Wales.
0: Well, it's, it's a strange one because... I just didn't think like ice skating was a thing in Australia. I'm sure it's like a niche sport, but to have the world championships in Sydney, yeah, okay. And this Wait, is way before the Well, What's nine years before Sydney had the Olympics? Australia, the team racing in the five thousand meter relay, they won. That's amazing. On home, hang on, ice. a relay. So that means there's more
1: than one of them who's good.
0: Yeah, so, whole- they, so they do. Like, there's a team of five. And they do a thousand meters each, so wow. they do a kilometer racing round. The short—it's a fairly short track, so it's sixty meters long, and it's thirty meters wide. And the ba- the track is one hundred and eleven point one two meters long. And I thought the track's that's
1: one hundred and eleven meters.
0: Yeah, right around. And I thought that was wait. Hang
1: on, it must be different lengths in the middle or on the outside.
0: No cuz you've got like an inner ring and they they can skate wherever they want in that. Oh, so it's not like you're round. in a lane. No, you're not in a lane. You've right. you've got full latitude within the markers yes. which are like an I- inner ellipse. Is that ellipse. right? Ellipse eye? Ellipse. Elli- yeah, an oval. Perfect. An egg. <laughs> Love. <laughs> <laughs> so they won. It's amazing this team won. And then the next year was the Winter Olympics, 1992, held in Albertville. No idea. Would you guess? I thought it was Canadian. France? It's in France. Right, okay. Again, a a less than high-profile place to have a Winter Olympics. Hmm. But in 1992, this incidentally is the last ever Olympics to be hosted in a Summer Olympic year, and the 1992 Summer Olympics were in Barcelona. Okay. So the last time that ever happened where they um, overlapped in the same year. So in the Winter Olympics, the Australians take their world championship winning team and compete. But very sadly, in the semifinals, one of the Australian team, Richard Nizelski, who is... Born in Nottingham, England. (laughs) Right. Being from Nottingham, they could have called him Friar Puck. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Very good. But he lost his footing, which is not uncommon in the sport of speed skating because tight space and if, you you know, they're going full belt and they're practically turning a corner for the whole race. So he loses his footing in the semi final and he's out of the race, but so are his team. Now, the critical part of this story is that one member of the team wasn't skating and his name was Stephen Bradbury. Now, Stephen Bradbury has sat on the reserve bench watching his colleague slip out of this race and cost the whole team in the semi-final of the Winter Olympics. So, fast forward to 1994. The World Championships are back on. (laughs) This time... Would you guess where the World Championships would be for the speed skating?
1: Oh, I don't know. What's on the equator? <laughs>
0: Ethiopia, yeah. the, Fiji, the Kenyan Hills, okay. Guildford in Surrey. <laughs> of course,
1: yeah, obviously.
0: To research this, I looked on Guildford, Surrey's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. This World Championship is not listed. so so insignificant (laughs) that even Guildford in Surrey did not list this as a point of interest (laughs) but it was a point of interest for the Australian team because they took away silver in the 5,000 metre relay and part of that team was the previous reserve Stephen Bradbury so he's now in the team he's He's now in the team in the same year the Winter Olympics. Lily Hammer. Well, no, I'm
1: sorry, sorry. So Lily Hammer takes. She's Australian, is she?
0: No, the place.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> that's so, too much. Lily Hammer in Norway. Lily what, Hammer in Norway. No, 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 Lily no. Hammer. It's like, what? <laughs> Any relation to L- Lily Allen? No. <laughs> Lily Hammer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wonderful, nailed it. Nailed that uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> now, the bronze medal doesn't seem quite adventurous, but it's the first ever Winter Olympic medal that Australia's won ever in their history. So it gets a bit for of a Five thousand relay for the fi- for, for for any winter sport, but they win it for the five thousand meter relay. Got it. This is clearly a specialism of mm. this team. In that Winter Olympics, one of their plans was not to fall <laughs> because the previous Olympics- Such a good tactic. <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's the previous tactic, you know, you can be a bit aggressive or try and get gold or silver, but in this, Richard Nagelski, he actually has a moment in this race where he c- has an opportunity to overtake the American competitor and he actually yields and Takes a step back. Not not really a step back, but you can tell he, he thinks, you know what, bronze is good. i was
1: glad that us and the US team didn't go down. That was why I backed off. Um, as soon as he went past me, he went into the corner really tight and he slowed down and was right underneath me. And I thought, well, if you we fight for this, we're going to go down. And, you know, what's the use in that, So
0: He himself because of that memory from uh, Albertville where he lost his team the race and Mm -hmm. so he took the bronze instead of silver and as a team they took the first Australian Winter Olympic medal happy happy days now Bradbury he actually competed in the individual events as well so he competed in a 500 metre and a 1000 metre and Bradbury at this point was actually favourite to win the 1000 metre sprint but he was knocked over during the race and he ended up finishing 4th now that's quite an achievement. That's pretty good, Because isn't it? if you're knocked over, it, it's normally game over. Yeah, in a, in a out sprint. In a sprint, uh, over a short period of time. So was that in the five hundred or the thousand? The thousand. Right. Yeah, the it's thousand meter. Very good. Yeah. So he's really shaping up, Stephen Bradbury, to be somebody. You know, to he's been part of this winning team, and they've done well in the World Championships, and now they've got an Olympic medal. Unfortunately, he's not managed to have that individual success, but he goes to the 1994 World Cup event in Montreal on the back of these successes, and something quite tragic happens. He's competing, and one of his competitors, the blade in an incident, slices through right across all of his quads and severs all four of them.
1: Across the basically the top of his thigh. Yep, that's horrible. He
0: loses four liters of blood and thinks he's going to die because his heart rate is about two hundred oh beats goodness. per minute because he's in full flight. He's oh, severed.
1: This makes me feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Think goodness. about Stephen Bradbury. We need to put a warning on this podcast <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs>
0: Don't worry. It's like, has anyone got any ice? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Get an ice pack. Uh. That's all you hear when you play five-a-side soccer.
1: Get an ice pack. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I've cut all four quads, mate. 111 stitches. That's crazy. 18 months recovery. So you can imagine what a blow that was to him nice. kind of you know climb the ladder and and being favorite in a thousand meter and really at that point career over yeah you're and thinking he, that's he's so hard pretty young is he and he's still pretty young yeah uh he's he was born in 1973 so he's he's still kind of in his early 20s and you think that's it game over your quads are, are such an important part of the action that you have to and the strength that you need to compete in that sport mm. And so Stephen Bradbury should have been devastated when the 1998 Winter Olympics rolls around. But he competed. He was fit and ready. The team was back together. They competed in the 5,000-meter relay, and they shaved two seconds off the winning time at the previous games. Wow. Or, or the, not their... Well, their uh, bronze winning... Yeah. Two seconds they shaved off, which meant they didn't qualify because it wasn't quick enough.
1: So the standard's gone up that much. The merge, standard has gone but up. They're two seconds quicker from a bronze medal and they don't even qualify.
0: And they don't even qualify.
1: And is, Sorry, is Bradbury back in the team for Bradbury's
0: this back in the team. And he's, he he's he still still so quickly? No, and he still competed in the... Individual five hundred meter, one thousand meter, where he finished nineteenth out of thirty and twenty first out of thirty. So he was great that he was there, but disappointing obviously because Australia took no medals. They kind of bombed out, even though they showed some improvements in the in the team event. So, but how
1: is he? Back? I can't believe he's back so quick.
0: I know it's a, it's an extraordinary recovery, and, and maybe youth is on his side. The fact that he was clearly a very fit athlete Uh to begin with. And he's had this horrific injury and the blood loss as well. Uh, He, he said when that happened that he was just lying there thinking, if I close my eyes, I'm, I'm dead. If I go unconscious, I I won't wake up. So he had a real kind of horrible moment there in September of 2000. Bradbury is back full on training schedule and he's preparing for the next games. And he's training, and one of the skaters who he's training with falls in front of him. Oh, no. So Bradbury thinks, what well, I'm going to do is I'm going to jump, jump over him. Now, you yeah. think this would pose a bit of a danger to the person he's jumping over, but because the skates are so long, he goes to jump over him, clips the guy in front, and goes straight into the wall. Breaks his neck, oh cracks goodness. his C4 and C5 vertebrae. He's six weeks in a halo brace. He's got four pins in his skull. He's got screws and plates in his back and his chest. And the doctors say, Stephen, you've had enough. No more. No more speed skating.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: What and is going on? This is. Poor bloke. Well, this is in September of 2000. You've I just think- come off the back of. The Sydney Olympics as well. So it's a dreadful time, you know, when sport in Australia is at its peak and here is one of the stars of the Winter Olympics and he's broken his neck. He's out. And he's done and the doctors say no more.
1: Are injuries common in speed skating?
0: Yeah, very common because any sport with metal involved... Uh are more dangerous because if the actually in the London Olympics the most dangerous sport and the one they have most medical attention at is was the mountain biking right. because if you come off you're in in strife and the same with speed skating is that having those really sharp blades about the wall in such close proximity but also other bodies so close by in a confined space inevitably there's going to be problems there mm-hmm. so not uncommon and, and kind of part of the, the event. And Stevens done. The Olympics in Salt Lake City two thousand two roll round and in the those games you've got Apollo Anton Ono. <laughs> great name is it great name. Ono. Oh Mark Gagnon. They're both top of their game. Like Apollo Ono is he's a gun. He's amazing, and Bradbury should be sat at home watching this on his telly, but he isn't because he's there oh in goodness. Salt Lake City, and he's competing. I don't understand. He's got him. plates in his and screws in his head and his back in his chest. He's, he's got he, a screw loose in it, his <laughs> head. <laughs> he would have had Stop difficulty getting streaming. through airport security, oh but goodness. here he is in full flow in Salt Lake City in the two thousand two Winter Olympics. He gets into the (laughs) quarterfinals, where he faces Ono and Gagnon. Who are the, what, the the sort of peak athletes, are they there? Yeah, well, um, like, uh, Ono is the greatest speed skater of all time, and Gagnon is defending world champion. Right. (laughs) And in this race, in the quarterfinals, only the top two go through. Okay. So Bradbury finished third. <laughs> what a what a cruel thing to have happened. A man who's come back from severed quads, a broken neck, top two qualifier, he finishes third yeah. behind gagnon and Oh, oh no. However, That's not the end. Stewart's inquiry against all odds. Gagnon has been seen to block an opponent illegally, is disqualified. So, oh, Bradbury through goes through U- your
1: <laughs> I'm so scared about what's going to happen in
0: the semis. So, <laughs> he gets into the semis. There's five skaters. Bradbury knows he's not the quickest. Like he knows that in himself, and he's a lot older. I think he's the second oldest competitor in yeah. the field. He's just happy to be there. He skates behind, so, like, the, the gun goes off and everybody skates off. Bradbury just, he, he almost, is like, like, no, after you, yeah, <laughs> he's kind up. of just... Let, let me let stay away go. from all your
1: blades. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Got a broken neck here.
0: <laughs> he's still got the halo brace on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, he skates way behind... Um, One guy just slips up of his own volition during the race, and he's gone. And then in a weird thing, less than 50 meters to go, the leader of the race is clipped by another (laughs) racer, (laughs) taken out with the second place runner. And Stephen Bradbury finishes second, finishes in the top two again, Oh meaning, goodness. he's through. So everyone else just falls the, over and he's just. Yeah, he's through to the Olympic final. Oh this was goodness. in the semi final. Two of the people, they're wiped out, and here he is, bang. Wow, front and center. So the final, you've got some serious talents. Actually, I mentioned Ono was the greatest speed skater. He's one of the greatest speed skaters in US history. But in the final, you've got Lee. Jaoju, 10 gold medals he's won right he's smart you've got turkitt who's got three golds he's from canada you've got ono who's skating on his own soil in the u.s and you've got hai su who's won six world champions two world cups and you've got stephen bradbury who's won zero golds so <laughs> and is at the end of his career and is Adopting a tactic of damage limitation. Yes. So I with love
1: this. Real uh, hair-heavy tortoise stuff, right?
0: Oh, it's magnificence, yeah. And within this final, it's almost laughable that Bradbury's there because he's just won, got through by chance, gagging in that race, got disqualified, so he shouldn't have really got through there. Then he shouldn't have got through in the semi-final, But here he is. And Australia's watching. The rest of the world definitely isn't <laughs> <laughs> because they're not watching Bradbury. They're going to watch Jaoju uh, win another gold. The race goes off as predicted. The four leaders of the race and you've got Bradbury keeping in touch for most of the race. But with three laps to go, you start seeing real fatigue and, and a real difference in class because... You see those four at the front really take off and Bradbury has got nothing. Mm. He just cannot keep up with them. And it's it's a gap which in that sport in the final starts to look a bit embarrassing at that level because here's a bloke who's kind of almost chance his way through to this final and it's showing. He you know, he just wants to stay on his feet. So he's still winning by being in the final. Yeah,
1: he's, he's already won. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's alive. Yes. Twice. He's still alive.
0: <laughs> so you've got Ono, you've got Lee, you've got Sue, you've got Turkett. They are away in in that order as well. Until the last lap, not even the last lap, the last half of the last lap, here is where the movers and shakers, if they're going to make a move, they've got to do it now because that, finish line is getting very close you're only about 50 meters away on that last corner Lee decides to make an attack but as he makes the attack he starts to lean over and he clips oh no to which Ono says oh no <laughs> <laughs> now Sue thinks he's being smart because he's right on the inside lane. Mm. that's taking the shortest track. But because Lee's come across and he's clipped Ono, Ono's now in his path. Now, Turkit is right on all of their tails. But Lee and Ono and Sue and Turkit on the last corner all take each other out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> they, all white, they all go to the wall. And Bradbury, who's still quite way behind carries on skating
1: Horse. this is incredible and
0: at a canter crosses the finish line while all the other racers are scrambling desperately because they're all on their back or their front uh-huh. they're trying to crawl across the line to get silver and bronze
1: and Bradbury's just, just coasted home Bradbury's gold. won gold that
0: is such an amazing story now they had to go to the kind of the regulation and see whether the race was still valid and after a a, a quite a long wait they've declared yeah. It's why fine. why wouldn't it be valid? Because they were just seeing whether there was any unfair play or anything uh-huh. that, you know, because it was the Olympic final you have to make sure you can't just throw the gold medals out <laughs> Yeah, of course. But it's all But it was legit legit. And it's been ratified. And Bradbury has gone from almost not getting into the semi-final after breaking his neck, this after is... having plates in his head, his back, his neck, and screws everywhere, and doing his quads, and being at the end of his career, he's waltzed in into this unbelievable situation where the whole field in front of him is being wiped out. Now the interesting thing is, is that Bradbury has spoken about this since with where his coach they actually decided that this would be the best tactic because they'd watched so many people being wiped out and losing races in this sport. Mm. that they thought, well, if I hang back, don't get in a, any trouble. There's a chance that I could win. And they profiled all the people in this race and decided that they all were hungry for gold and that they would all take a risk. And that re- reminds you of his old teammate who pulled back to get the bronze. exactly amazing so all of the even though he was sat on the reserve bench in that race where uh-huh. he saw his teammate take a risk and get wiped out in the final wow that's the, uh, clearly stayed with him and Stephen Bradbury has become part of the Australian vernacular and part of Australian folklore because it's been known as doing a Bradbury or Bradburying. Is <laughs> it known as you know <laughs> winning it unexpectedly yeah um, and it's just he's he wrote an autobiography called Last Man Standing and i just want to finish bradbury amazing but i just want to finish with um i went on stephen bradbury's official website because he's now uh, a motivational speaker clearly he's got all the raw materials there to to be a motivational speaker And he sells copies, signed copies. You can buy them off his website, actually. He's (laughs) signed copies. He's obviously selling that many. He'll write you a personal note (laughs) in the book. And you can buy a cap that says last man standing. Or in pink, last woman standing. No gender stereotypes there. But (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Bradbury, on his official website, one thing that fascinated me is that he will do after dinner uh, speaking. And he gets brilliant brilliant reviews but one of the interesting things that Stephen one of the options that he gives um, that he gives on his website is that you can um, book him as a surprise <laughs> So, and he's got advice on how th- he should be treated so it says the surprise element for Stephen Bradbury's presentation works well to ensure it's kept as a surprise until Stephen is on on stage please consider the following Stephen might need access to the room prior to the events without being seen to do his AV check. This might mean him coming through the kitchen or back door or side door. <laughs> <laughs> if dinner is in, the event is in the same room, please consider the location of pre dinner drinks and how Stephen can access the room without being seen. <laughs> like he's not George Clooney, is he? Like <laughs> he's not that famous.
1: I mean, I I don't don't know enough about Australia. Like, do Australian Is he a household face to Australia? He's a
0: household name. So he also says, make sure no one's coming into the room during Stephen's AV check. During his AV check, uh, Stephen is happy to wear a cap and sunglasses if required. Uh, (laughs) That's really good. That's (laughs) spy stuff. A display table will require an extra sheet to go over the top to keep the surprise element intact. And Stephen will arrive 10 to 15 minutes before going on stage... And he will need to be out of sight. If Stephen waits outside the room, people often wander in and out of the room and see him. (laughs) And if dinner events and Stephen's presentation begins after entree, it's recommended that Stephen does not attend the entree to keep the surprise element intact. Oh, my goodness. Stephen always stays after his presentation to mix and mingle. For as long as required, of course, he's going to be hanging around, did not he? Because that's his thing, he hangs around <laughs> till the very end. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Until he drinks everyone's drinks at the end. <laughs>
1: that's his training, that's what he saw on the subs bench, isn't it? As a result, I mean, just brilliant. Steve Amazing.
0: Bradbury, uh, Australia loves you, and so do we. Superb. This stuff. has been a wheel of sport. We'll catch you next time for the greatest sports stories ever told. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) See you next time.